0: Well, this morning I get to come and share with you around uh, our 40 days in the Word. Oh, that was a bit distracting. I thought he was taking the mic off me already. <laughs> it's okay, he hasn't. And uh, I have to be honest, I think I've got the best one. So I'm uh, a little bit excited about what I get to share to you today. But I feel like I need to start with a confession. A confession this morning that hopefully some will relate to. I love books. And as a lover of books, the book of all books, the Bible, just I absolutely adore. And let me share with you, as I start this morning, a story of how the Bible first kind of, I suppose, intersected my life. Now this here is my uh, the first Bible I ever received. It's a uh, Good News New Testament. And I received it from a uh, Mrs. White from Religion in Life Camp, 26th of October, 1990. So a good 25 years ago now I got that Bible. And this Bible was actually very instrumental in coming to faith um, in my life. It was a few years after that, um, like I said in the beginning there, I got it in 1990. So it was probably more around 1994 that I remember being at home and I was reading in my room and I was reading my Bible. And has anyone ever had a Good News Bible? A few of you. So you'll know that in the Good News Bible, one of the things that sets it apart is a there's little pictures. Can you see there's little, little pictures in the Good News Bible? And I remember this one particular night, not coming from a faith background at all, having no family that had faith, only having had religion classes and um, receiving this Bible when I was in year seven, started reading uh, in the Gospels about Jesus. And for me in that moment, I had a very wonderful experience as I, re- as I read the Word of God. And the only way I can describe it is I felt like the pictures came to life. And I felt like there was life in those pictures and Jesus came to life for me in that moment. So there I was sitting in my room reading and just I knew that I knew that I knew that this Jesus was real and that he was real in my life. And so from that moment forward, for me, I then pursued faith from there. Um, I always felt a bit bad as I began to learn in church life that there were things like a sinner's prayer and those kind of things. So I remember thinking, oh, I never said a sinner's prayer because I didn't know about it. I just felt that God was real and Jesus was alive. And I just said yes with all I had. And uh, so it's funny as time goes on. But that uh, experience for me of just the Bible coming to life and really bringing me to salvation has always stayed close with me. So if you like, that's probably a highlight highlight moment of just the Bible literally coming to life in my life. And then I thought, let me share with you perhaps a low light of my experience with the Bible. Because you know, we've had those two, haven't we? We We're real enough in this room to admit that there are times of great highs and there are times of great lows. Now look, one of my low lights probably was only recently. And uh, during this 40 days in the Word, we decided as a family that let's do the readings together. Let's try as much as we can. You know, I have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old and an 8- and 6-year-old. So we decided, let's come together and let's see if we can, you know, kind of do this together. So we had some wins and that was going well. And this one particular night, we sat down with our reading. It was a couple of weeks ago now. And it was one of those nights where nothing was going right. And as I sat there and we're reading the Word and, you know, I had... A child, I won't name any of them because that would be embarrassing for them, but you know, a child over in this corner just lounging on the couch, kind of like looking like they were spaced out somewhere else. I had another child over here kind of like jumping kind of, you know, around trying to make, find some comfortable position. I had, did have another child with the Bible open with a journalist. So I felt proud at that moment. But uh, you know, the, nothing about this night was working and I was getting really, really mad. And I was getting really angry because I love the Bible and we should get something out of the Bible. That's how I felt. You know, I felt like, how dare you all be rude in this moment? We're reading the Bible and you should be. And you know what? I didn't come across very loving in that moment. I scolded my children in a way that was rather embarrassing and uh, wrecked the moment completely. And we literally had to shut the Bible and I walked away almost in tears going, well, that was just ridiculous. What's the point of this whole thing? But, you know, afterwards as I sat and I reflected, thankfully I did. You know, and I went and said some apologies, you can be rested assured. I went and said to a particular child, I was like, I'm very sorry, I should not have said that and it was out of place, you know, and I felt like I had to reconcile. But, you know, that for me was probably one of the lower moments of reading the Bible, just realising you have these moments where God comes to life and you go, yes. And then other moments where you go, this is not working, it's not making sense and you feel like you're trying to draw blood from a stone. Can anyone relate to that? Hopefully they're the the lesser moments, but we've all had them where sometimes it just works, other times it just doesn't. And so today as we gather, we want to look at how do we see what God wants us to see out of the Bible? How do we have more of the high moments and less of the low moments is really what we're going to look at. You know, last week Phil spoke about good exegesis and I hope he really took on board some of the things that he spoke about because it's really important to have a good understanding of, of, of exegesis and how we can bring interpretation to the Bible. So this morning what I'm doing though is adding another layer onto that because really good exegesis without the Holy Spirit can actually just lead to legalism and puffed up knowledge and we don't want that. So if you can take last week's message of exegesis and this week's message of seeing what God wants me to see, then hopefully together we can have a really good foundation of how we hear God speak through the Bible, not just know about the Bible, if that makes sense. So the big idea today that I really want us to get our heads around is letting the Holy Spirit show me the meaning of God's Word and how it applies to my life. Because whenever the Holy Spirit works alongside Scripture, there's always meaning attached to application. It was never just, the Word of God was never given just to puff us up, to make us feel good, to give us knowledge. There should always be an application, an outworking of that. It's the very nature of how the Holy Spirit works. He comes and feels to go out. It's like a conduit. It comes through constantly. If it's just stopping here, then eventually it's just going to stop. So this morning, that's what we want to look at. And the first passage of the scripture that I just want us to go to is in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. And it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And this morning, as we look at that passage, I want us to understand that one of the cautions we have as we hit this stage of reading and immersing ourselves in the Word is that it would become dry and empty and legalistic, that it would just be a ticking of the box, that we go, yep, I've done my 40 days, but it hasn't changed me one bit. Here in Galatians, we're being encouraged to stand firm and not to be burdened by the yoke of slavery again. As we've come into relationship with Christ, as we read the word, there's a freedom that comes in that. But we must be careful that we don't lay aside that freedom and become bound up again in a new kind of slavery. Which sometimes as we read our word and as we get kind of a, you know, that, that kind of that ticking the box mentality can really lead to. You know, and for myself, I have to be honest with you, that is a vulnerability I have. You know, as I um, at different times in my walk in faith, I have gone through longer reading plans and um, there is, um, I'm a bit more structured by nature. You know, I'm one of those people that likes crossing things off a to-do list. You know, there's a lot of satisfaction um, in just drawing that line, don't you think, across or ticking that box. It's very satisfying. So for me, I've had to find myself at different places where I've gone through a longer season of a reading plan and then I realise I'm getting anxious and I'm getting annoyed because I'm not ticking off enough boxes you know for whatever reason life happens and I'm not able to get to a reading plan and it's funny how everything in me just wants to keep up but I've lost the spirit that wants to actually hear from God and be changed by the word of God and at different times and that's come to my attention I've actually had to abandon the reading plan and say actually I think I've lost the spirit of this and had to go to more of a kind of um spontaneous coming to the word to allow God to then speak to me and that won't be everyone's case but for those of us who are more structured and who who enjoy that kind of predictability it is a very big caution that we want to take heed of this morning that we don't become so um, caught up to this plan and caught up to having to get it done that we don't allow God to speak to us so just take that caution so the first thing we need to do if we're really going to allow God to speak to us through the word is we have to partner with the Holy Spirit Because it's the Holy Spirit that brings the revelation from God the way we need it to be. You know, as we study the scripture and the Holy Spirit can speak to us, it's going to ensure that we're not just puffed up with knowledge, but that we're actually being changed and transformed from the inside out. In John 14, verse 26, Jesus says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So here he's letting us know the Holy Spirit will come and that will be his role. He will teach you. He will allow you to, you know, he'll remind you of all the things I've said. So we can't underestimate the importance of reading the word with an openness and a partnership with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's amazing how you can read the same passage of scripture at different times in your life and hear different things from it. Have you discovered that? No matter how many times you've read a passage, no matter how often you've read your Bible, something new can come and a new revelation is available. Have you ever thought that the Bible is the only book that as you're reading it, you can ask the author what they meant there? You know, as you're reading along, you can say, hmm, I wonder what you meant there. What, in it, what on earth was that part for? And look, you know, even through this morning, if you have read this morning's reading in our John um, about Lazarus, there was a few things in there. I was literally having those moments with God about it, Is There's a few little... Um, kind of quirky human moments, I think, throughout that story that just make you go, God, I wonder what that is about. And I love that God's okay with that. I love that he almost wants us to stop in those moments and ask because there's a partnership that comes there that, that, that says, you know, you're wanting to connect with God and what he's wanting to speak to you. You know, developing the habit of reading your Bible is not about an obligation. It's not about earning approval from God, earning approval from your connect group or earning approval from church. It can never be an obligation because the moment you're entering the Word of God with an obligation, you're already trying to make this book work for you. There's an agenda that you're bringing to reading the Word. Whereas we want to partner with the Holy Spirit. We want to partner with what it is He's speaking to us and how He's already sharing with us. God is big on partnership. I don't know if you've worked that out yet. But he really is. You know, we are not here as his robots. We're not here as his puppets. But we're here as his, as his partners, as his, you know, as, as his friends, we're called, uh, uh, you know, daughters and sons, you know, of, of God. Like there's a real partnership that comes in our relationship. The Trinity itself, you know, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is a partnership. There's not one part of the Trinity that stands out and, you know, bigger than the other. They work together in unity. And let me read to you out of John 16 just um, some more of that picture. Verse 12 to 15, I think I may have it on the screens, I can't recall. It says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. And this is Jesus speaking. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive, sorry, he will glorify, He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Now I encourage you, go away and read that verse at home. In John 16, 12 to 15, it talks about a partnership between God, the Son, the Father and the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way. And I think we really need to grasp and take on board just how important partnership is because when we come to the bible like kind of static passive thinking right well now god you speak to me there's almost a demand that comes from that there's a there's a sense of kind of agenda that comes from that which i think just shuts down what god wants to do in us so let me be a bit practical for a few moments and let me unpack just four different things that i think four steps if you like but not in terms of one two three four that you may be able to identify with in order to engage and partner with the Holy Spirit as you read Scripture. The first and foremost one, which we cannot overlook, is to begin a relationship with Jesus. Throughout the Bible, we read over and over how, you know, it's only when you come into that faith with, um, of, you know, believing in Christ, as you understand your salvation, that the Holy Spirit is free to speak to you. It talks about the the things that are, you know, being foolish to those who don't have the Spirit. You know, Nicodemus comes to God and... Um, talks about the idea of having to be reborn and he's he's confused by being born again. And Jesus talks about being born of the Spirit. There's a newness that comes when we find salvation in Christ that allows us to hear. Paul in Acts, you know, the scales of his eyes fall off in a way that he can now see what it is that God has done. So that we cannot underestimate the importance of beginning a relationship with Christ in order to partner with the Holy Spirit. Because some of us know about God. Some of us have heard about him all our lives. We don't have a problem accepting that God is a God of love, that he's a wonderful God and that you want to know more about him. But have you come to that place of surrender where you've accepted what it is that Christ did for you on the cross, where you've asked him to come and and be a part of your life, where you've asked for his will in your life, not your own? There's a surrender that comes at a point of salvation that's really important. So I just want to encourage any of you this morning that may not have made that step to inquire about that, to ask questions, to ask a friend, or even just to pray that God would help you draw closer to him, that he would help you see how to begin that relationship with Christ. But for those of us that have already done that, that we've started that relationship with Christ, we have partnered, begun the partnership with the Holy Spirit, We need to ask God in faith to open our eyes. As we come to scripture, we can't underestimate the importance of settling our own hearts. We come from very busy and distracted places and just sitting down and opening the Bible, it's not like it's a magic book that you just open and poof, the magic happens. Do you know what I mean? There is that partnership that takes place. It's important that we come before God and we ask God to open our eyes. All throughout the Psalms, we read about that concept as well, about opening, God opening our eyes. And some of us, let's be honest, we need to come before God and ask forgiveness before we enter the Word. We've had days or we've had things that have happened in our days that we know just weren't right, that we need to accept responsibility for, that we need to own up for, and we need to ask God's forgiveness. And sometimes that needs to happen before we can read our word. These things can become blockers in it as we try and partner with the Holy Spirit. That's really good. And to be teachable. Sometimes if you're just having a bad day, you might have sat down and you might have opened the word of God. But let's be honest, you're not in a very teachable spirit. You've got a grump and you're just feeling like, you know what, I'm getting it done today. And even as I speak that, you can hear just how much that's going to block what it is that the Holy Spirit's wanting to do with you. I almost get this picture as a parent, you know, It's one thing when your children come to you and acknowledge they've done something wrong, perhaps they've broken the window, you know, playing soccer and the ball just went in the wrong spot and the window smashed. But for them to come to you and say like, mum, can I just say I've broken the window is such a better place for our family than when you discover a broken window and you have to interrogate everyone who broke the window, where did that come from? And then you discover who broke the window and you feel differently, don't you? There's a, there's a different sense in your heart. And I think as we come to, towards God in Scripture, it's a similar thing that it's important that we come to God owning our stuff, able to have some self-reflection. And yes, His Holy Spirit will convict us as well. So that's always, and that's why we need to be teachable. But I think it's really important that we do just come before God and ask Him to open our eyes. Come and uh, with, a, with a humble attitude as well, which is the third point there. It's really important that that, that sense of humility comes to us when we read our Scripture. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't a puppet. It's not like on demand. So it's not like you have a formula that you can go tick, 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 and then there's the result. This really is a concept that we have to lean into. It's a relationship that we have to nurture. It's a partnership that we have to develop. It's a strength that needs to develop as well. You'll have moments where that'll feel more exciting than others, but there's a perseverance that's needed if we're going to come before God and partner with the Holy Spirit. And then we need to make sure we put into practice what he says. It's one thing to hear what the Holy Spirit says to us and it's another to actually apply that to our lives. And can I let you know that one of the quickest things you can do to stop God speaking to you is just hear him and not do it. There's the idea of hearing and obeying. It's almost like two sides of the one coin. If you hear but continually don't do, then I think eventually you're going to stop hearing. Whereas when you hear and do, even if it's the smallest thing, it just allows that flow to continue. It allows God's Spirit to keep speaking to you. So I just think we need to remember and remind ourselves that this isn't a formula for success that we can just kind of roll out, that it's a relationship we have to nurture. It's a partnership we have to strengthen. And it's no different when it comes to reading the Bible. If we want the Holy Spirit to speak to us as we read our Bible, then we need to be willing to partner We need to take our part and we need to connect it with God's Spirit. Because really, isn't the ultimate picture here that my Spirit can connect with God's Spirit and can spark transformation? That's what we're aiming for. That the Word of God would actually live and dwell within us. That it has this ability to change us from the inside out. So if we're going to see what God wants us to see, firstly, we need to choose to partner with the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, as God opens our eyes, we need to be willing to walk in that freedom. You know, it was that verse in Galatians that I spoke to at the beginning of this message, that idea that we must walk in the freedom. Because if we don't walk in the freedom that we've been given, we end up slaves to something else. You know, a heart needs to be captured by a bigger vision of what God is doing in us. Otherwise, it's by human nature almost that we end up finding ourselves slave to something else. So it's really important. In John chapter 8, Jesus said this. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. As we read the word and as the Holy Spirit partners with our spirit, there is freedom that should come from that place. You know, so often we think that if we come to the word and we let God speak to us, that we're going to end up in this place of guilt and shame as we, you know, God piles on us all the things that we're doing wrong and all the things we need to correct. But really, that's actually not the gospel. That's not the God of love that we serve. Yes, he brings challenge and he brings rebuke at time, but it should always, always lead us in freedom. It should never find ourselves under the weight of condemnation because Christ has paid the price to that. Christ has died so that we would be able to have free relationship with Christ, with God. So it's important that we need to remember that, that there should be a sense of freedom that comes as we connect with the Bible. You know, as we grow in our understanding of our own freedom in Christ we see things more clearly. The gap between what is real now, because realistically, as followers of Christ, as believers in Christ, we have freedom. That part's decided. Whether we walk in that freedom is perhaps more the part we get stuck, isn't it? And my heart and my belief is that as we read the Scripture and allow God to speak to us, the gap between those two things lessens. We begin to understand more of the freedom we already have and we can walk in it in a greater measure. Paul says it like this in Ephesians. The idea of the spirit of wisdom coming and the idea that our... I love even that our inheritance, our glorious inheritance in his holy people, that that's an inheritance we share in together. So what does this freedom look like that we have walking in Christ? You know, this morning I just want to give you a few little ideas of what I have found that to look like in my own life um, as I've journeyed with the scriptures over the years and enjoyed moments where God has really spoken to me through them. And one thing I've noticed is that as... Um, as the Holy Spirit is free to connect with me through the Scripture, do you know what others will say and what I'll notice as time goes by is that I do become more like Christ. There's an outworking of that. There's fruit of the Holy Spirit at work in you. And sometimes that's hard to see in your own life. I feel like in the moment when God's changing you, I don't know that you're aware of that change. I don't know that you can see that clearly. But as time goes on and others begin to to see that, We should be seeing in others as we engage with the Bible that we're becoming more like Christ. There should be a transformation that is visible, if you know what I mean. It's from the inside out, but it should be noticed. And, you know, we're drawn into loving community. I know that when I connect with the Bible and the Holy Spirit is free to speak to me, then I'm drawn into relationship. I'm drawn towards community. I'm drawn to engage with people. And, you know, if I was left to my own devices sometimes, I would pull away. You know, when I feel stressed, when I feel overwhelmed, I almost feel a bit more like a turtle where I just pull my limbs in and I just, there's my shell. So for me, there is a great sense of freedom that comes as God speaks in me and actually I'm drawn to community. I'm drawn to engage with people. And I'm drawn to engage in the challenges of this world too. Because all of a sudden, the freedom I have needs to be expressed in relationship to others. I don't think that freedom can just be expressed in a singular um, sense. And you know, as God works in us, As the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit through the Bible, it will always bring glory to God the Father. It will always bring glory to God the Father. It's never self-seeking. The Holy Spirit never works in us to seek attention for itself. It's never about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's doing. It's about the Holy Spirit drawing us into relationship with Christ and bringing glory to the Father. There's always a complete picture at work. And I think it's really important that we remember that. Because sometimes as we read the Scripture and as we we feel this revelation or this wisdom, sometimes we want to check, how do we know if this is of God? You know, we're very good at convincing ourselves of things sometimes, aren't we? I've had moments where I've written stuff down and I look back and go, that was clearly not from God. <laughs> at the time, I felt, thought it was made a lot of sense. But we're really good at confusing ourselves at times. So it's really important, this last filter for me, to realise that the Holy Spirit will always bring glory to God. That as I read the scripture and as wisdom is kind of a given and I can see things clearly, I can always ask myself, is this drawing me towards Christ or is this not? Is it bringing glory to God or is it bringing glory to me? Is it bringing attention to me or is it bringing attention to Christ? And often those things help me really to work out how God is speaking. And this morning, as I wrap up this message, really the heart of where we are at this point in our 40 days in the Word is that we want to persevere. We don't want to give up. And there are times I'm sure you've had already throughout this time where you've had great moments of God speaking to you And you've had probably some moments where you've just read and thought, eh, didn't really get much out of that. Not really sure what that was about. But can I encourage us to persevere in our partnership with God? Not persevere in our ticking of the boxes, not persevere in getting it done, but to persevere in partnering with God. And because I really do believe it's God's heart for us that as we connect with the Word of God, as the Holy Spirit speak to us, that we would grow and transform and become more like Christ His plan is not that we would just read the Bible and go, great, that was nice. He actually wants it to be living and breathing within us. That's a desire he has. He's waiting for us to partner with him. And even the days when that doesn't happen, that we can persevere, that we can still come back the next day, that we can still read another passage of Scripture and not give up on the hope that is in God. Can I encourage you at this point too to not try harder? It's very tempting when things aren't working and they're not quite going right to go, well, I will just try harder. Right, I must read more of the Bible or I must change how I'm doing it. But can I just encourage us to think more about how can I partner with God? How do I partner with the Holy Spirit? Because it's His desire to reveal the Word of God to me. That's what the Bible tells us. So rather than me trying harder, trying to get it right, trying to work out the formula and just going back and forth on that exhausting kind of treadmill to ask and pray, Holy Spirit, teach me. How do I partner with you? Show me what it is that I need to see to be able to come to your word and have you speak to me. And I think, you know, that's really the essence of this morning's message is that we want you to um, not just be stuck in the head knowledge of the Bible but to really allow the Holy Spirit to come and to, uh, to transform you from the inside out. Does anyone remember what the uh, memory verse from last week was? It was in James, if that helps. Oh, Geordie remembers. Speak it nice and loud. That's right. Do not merely That's right. Do not merely listen to your word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. And that really is also something that we need to remember as we think about the Holy Spirit speaking to us that we would do what it says, that we wouldn't deceive ourselves just because we can tick the box and say, well, I've done the reading plan, I've done what needs to be done, that we would check our hearts and make sure that God is able to speak to us. So as we finish this morning, I'm gonna ask the band, they can come up at this point too. I wanna leave us with this week's memory verse coming up. It's found in Psalm 119, verse 18. And it says, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. And really that is our prayer, that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes, that we would see wondrous things from the law of God and the freedom that he wants to give to us. So I'm going to ask that you to stand right now and I'm going to pray over us. And I'm going to pray for us at this time as we continue in this part of our 40 days in the word. Can I encourage you to not give up, to not give in, but to persevere. And let me pray for us now in that regard.